You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Well, welcome to another QB Power Hour. Today is our last in the series of QBO Advanced Feature Deep Dives. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about users and roles. Now, this was one of those things as we were talking, uh, going, you know, meeting with, in, with Intuit about, you know, what do we want to talk about in these, uh, in this Feature Deep Dives? Users and roles was kind of like a, an appendix, right? Like, uh, do, we, can, do we have enough information to talk about uh, users and roles uh, for a whole hour? <laughs> <laughs> right, because it is, uh, you know, users in, in, in QuickBooks Online in general was always, to me, as I worked there, uh, was, was really just like a light switch, right? Like you, had, you turned it on or off. There was no dimmer like there is in, you know, desktop where you have, especially enterprise where you could get very granular. Uh, but now we've determined that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's at a point where it's it's getting there, right? So we so we want to talk about that. We talk a little bit about the the, the roadmap of users and roles in QBO uh, Advanced. So we'll we'll kick it off here. And uh, Michelle, introduce yourself to. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome. I'm Michelle Long, CPA with an MBA in Entrepreneurship, owner of Long for Success. Very glad to have you all joining me today. Uh, Dan's doing most of the honors today. I'm just here supporting in the background since he's the one who's up with the latest, greatest information for you today. But we're very glad to have you guys joining us and love to see you in the Facebook group or the LinkedIn group. Dan, go ahead. Yeah, we're closing in on 12,000 members in the in the Facebook group. So uh, great, to, great to see everyone uh, joining, joining the Facebook group. And it's really awesome to see uh, how people are helping people uh, in the group. You know, like uh, somebody throws out a question, Somebody's right there to uh, to answer. Uh, so my name is Dan DeLong, owner of Dan With. Uh, worked at Intuit for 18 years, co-host of the QB Power Hour, as well as uh, Workshop Wednesdays. Uh, oddly enough, on Wednesdays uh, <laughs> at schoolofbookkeeping.com and tech editor of QBO for Dummies. Uh, on, working on currently the, the seventh edition, which I'm glad to report uh, the author actually is using QBO Advanced uh, for... <laughs> for his, uh, you know, writing, writing the authoring of, of, of that. Um, that was my feedback last year as they did everything in plus um, and then, but never talked about, you know, some of the advanced features. So this year is focused on, uh, they're doing it in advance. So we got to talk about the things that you can't do that aren't in advanced uh, in, in that series. So coming out soon, uh, the details about some upcoming webinars, um, of course, today we're, we're talking about users and roles, um, and then next next time we'll be talking about customer service for accounting firms. We'll have a, a guest where he'll talk about his whole um, his his whole career has actually been uh, centered around uh, customer service consulting for large companies, you know, corporations. Um, so he'll talk a little bit about how to uh, how best to to do customer service as an accountant not necessarily the account the customer service you're getting as an accounting firm <laughs> it's how much uh, what what kind of customer service you're giving you know to your clients uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the 
RIP to IOP with ADP. <laughs> Acronym so, City. <laughs> yes. So as you may or may not know, Intuit Online Payroll is being discontinued. Um, what's the plan, the transition for, for that? And how do you evaluate other payroll services if uh, that result of that uh, transition or migration is not uh, up to your standards uh, for, for the payroll services? Um, of course, here we have the links there for the PDFs of the slides, the recordings on, on Michelle's YouTube, as well as the podcast. Uh, but you can get all that on qbpowerhour.com as well. Uh, so you can just pop in there. Michelle, if you, I think I included the uh, QB Power Hour um, webinar uh, blog article that we have for uh, QB. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking and typing and talking. At the same time. <laughs> it is just not working out. Uh, there, I threw it in the chat. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, that's not what I wanted to throw in the chat. <laughs> I can throw, here's the slides I'll put out there, the handouts. That's what I wanted to show right here. What's on the screen? <laughs> the, the deep dive series. There we go. All right. So let me go back here to present. All right. A little bit of the housekeeping. Whoa. My slides went crazy. <laughs> there. Stop. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Uh, so questions, if you have questions uh, about specific about what we're talking about here today during the during the webinar, put them in the Q&A uh, because that makes it a lot easier to manage the, uh, the Q&A as they come in. Uh, we can flag them to, to answer live. We can uh, table them if they need to be uh, followed up on. Uh, please put the questions pertinent to the content in Q&A. Uh, comments, if you just have something to talk about or, or mention, like, hello, I'm from Alaska, um, <laughs> go ahead and put that in the chat, uh, because that rolls by, um, and it's hard, pretty hard to, for us to keep up on if you put some put a question in the, ch in the comment, uh, in the chat, excuse me. Uh, and then, of course, you have the handouts. You can um, download those uh, from, from our website, qbpowerhour.com, uh, as well as the, the prior uh, webinars, you can rewatch those. Uh, they are all there as well. All right. So our agenda today, we're going to be talking about the users and roles, um, and we're, we're going to talk off. Uh, we're going to start off by talking a little bit about the Intuit login, because um, when I worked at Intuit, uh, that was a little bit of a confusing point. <laughs> like, what's a what's tied to your login? What um, email address versus um, versus login name versus um, I've got multiple logins. What do I do with that? Can I merge logins? That sort of thing. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, because every uh, everything that is, is dealing with these users and uh, permissions is going to be tied to to a login. So we want to talk a little bit. You know, start start there first. Uh, then we'll talk a little bit about the uh, desktop uh, user uh, overview or the and then the QBO advanced uh, user options. And then uh, there's a neat function inside of QBO advanced called the preview of the role, uh, which is a, it's a good time saver. Um, and then desktop migration of users, which is a, uh, a neat option for, uh, for those going from desktop to online. And then talk a little bit about the users and roles roadmap uh, of, of the, the future. Uh, so let's first start off with our, our poll. Set the frame framing here of what version are you? Yes, what version of QuickBooks are your clients mostly using? Oop. 
And Dan, while, while they're doing that poll question, um, Sandra had asked about, did you say QB payroll is no longer available? I just wanted to make sure I got the answer right. IOP, Intuit right. Online Payroll, is the one that's being discontinued. Right. And QuickBooks Online Payroll is still available, correct? Yes. Yes. And as a matter of fact, right. that's that's what's happening is that uh, Intuit Online Payroll, which is a standalone in-between product for just payroll, uh, which the history of was it was a uh, pay cycle, yeah. Uh, that that they were uh, that Intuit acquired um, and brought that in as as their payroll offering for QBO, and now that's turned into the QBO payroll service. What's happening to that? That is being discontinued. Um, that specific standalone uh, payroll offering that was Intuit Online Payroll, which was actually a white labeled uh, payroll service. Even uh, Bank of America. Uh, used Intuit Online Payroll. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's interesting. Service. Yeah. Okay. Um, Costco had an Intuit Online Payroll, so they're they're, dif- they're discontinuing that standalone only Intuit Online Payroll. Which, if you remember, a couple of years ago, uh, they migrated the login users, and that's what happens a lot of times with uh, with, with an acquisition. Uh, you're seeing it now with QB Time, right? Uh, yeah. T Sheets was acquired by Intuit. They had their own logins, and now they're trying to get everything uh, into the Intuit login system. That causes some challenges. Um, as if you're if you're looking at our Facebook group, at least once a day, I think somebody <laughs> posts about the QB Time login <clears throat> snags, right? So let's, um, which which segues really nicely into what we're going to talk about with with logins in in general. Sure, in the poll here, it looks like uh, both is about half. Uh, online is uh, about 30, 37% and desktop only uh, is 11. So let me go ahead and let's get started here. So users and roles, we, we want to talk about the Intuit login, uh, which is the be all and end all of how you sign in to Intuit products and services. So your login is, you know, it is the login and password that you use to sign in. And uh, what we referred to it internally at Intuit was an auth ID, right? There, there was a, an, an authentication ID, it's a number that's associated with the login and password. It's basically who you are at Intuit, right? So when you, um, you know, sign in to anything, uh, that uses that login, it's it's what identifies you as as you, right? So the login name, some things about that is that, that they must be unique, right? So you can only have, just like your social security number, you can't have more than one social security number. Um, that is, uh, that needs to be uh, unique. So it, it is what identifies you with, uh, with who you are at, at Intuit. So it can be, you know, to, for simple, Simplicity purposes, um, usually something that's unique to you is your email address, right? So, in theory, nobody else should have <laughs> should have your email address. So, it, when you're setting up your your log your Intuit login, oftentimes that is the preferred option. Setting up your uh, your login based on your email address. Well. Um, Depending on how long you've created logins, uh, you may already have a login that's associated with your with your email address, or that is your email address. Uh, and if you tried 
to create a new login, it would say, no, it's already in use, right? So if you, if I showed you how many logins that I have for Intuit products, <laughs> there would be not enough room on the screen, right? Because <laughs> um, I've needed to create, create logins to see what the customer sees or see, um, you know, what, what it is that you're experiencing or test, test cases. So I've had to create multiple uh, Intuit logins and um, I don't know where, every, <laughs> where what everything's tied to. But um, you can share, you know, multiple logins can share the same email address. So like if you've ever seen, uh, been invited as an accountant, uh, you, uh, you, and your, that email address is used on multiple different logins, you'll see that on the invitation. It'll say, use this Intuit user ID or use this one. And then, of course, it's got the, you know, middle part X'd out for, um, for privacy purposes. But... Um, but you can have multiple Intuit logins tied to the same email address, but not all logins are going to be the email address. So you have to be, um, it may, it's just a little bit of things to, to, to verify and keep, make sure that it's just better understanding as to how those logins actually uh, work. So you manage your login at, um, accounts.intuit.com and that you can update uh, your password, your sign-in preferences, uh, you can update your contact information and you can see what products are attached to that login. So like if I go in there under myself, I can see uh, links to uh, QuickBooks Online, the desktop products, um, the, um, my Mint my <laughs> mint login, if I'm if attached to that, TurboTax, it gives you a launching point to be able to access those things that are tied to the login. Now, what gets a little confusing is that there's logins and then there's company users. And then there's uh, logins. There are things that are tied to the login specifically. And then there are things that are tied to company users. So the way I help, um, I wanted to help explain or you know, have an analogy is that the login is a key uh, or a license, like your driver's license, and the company users is a car, right? So there's things that you put in the trunk of your car, like um, services, you know, the, the QuickBooks Online or the merchant account or payroll or things like that. That goes in the trunk of the car, uh, but the login is what allows you the access to be able to get into the car to be able to access those those products and services. So there's there's things that are attached to specifically to keys, your login, right? And that's your pro advisor login, your certifications, your profile, uh, the Intuit Camps account, your TurboTax Mint. Those are those are tied specifically to the login itself. So if you created a second login your pro advisor certifications, your profiles, the things that are um, specifically attached to uh, Intuit uh, Camps account. When I talk about camps, that's the customer. It, it, what it actually stands for is the customer account management portal site. <laughs> that's where you go to manage um, your desktop, uh, you know, your into your specific Intuit account and what's what's tied to that. So you can specifically, I mean, you can see, uh, you can be tied to multiple Intuit accounts, um, 
you know, on the back end of the system, because that auth ID that we talked about with the login is the key, it can be tied to multiple uh, Intuit accounts. Um, so hopefully this isn't too getting into the weeds of, uh, of logins, but just to understand that there is a distinction between the login and the company users, you know, things in the car. So your QBO, your QBOA, payroll, merchant <laughs> services, Intuit, tax online, those are all things that are associated with services, and those services are then attached to, um, to the login. So you could have a, an email address that's associated with your, um, with your company user, right, your, your, um, your, your accountant user invitation that could be different than your login email address user, ultimately. You were going to ask a question. I'm, I'm just yes. rambling on. Yes. <laughs> okay. So back once, back one slide, you just were talking about camps. And so somebody here says, I don't have camps account for my own firm. How do you set this up when you're also on another firm's camp? So her situation is she no. used to work for some firm and now she's gone on her own, but she still does some stuff with her old firm. And she says she's on their list of camps, but doesn't have any authority. And so she's kind of confused on having, you know, multiple IDs and wanting to consolidate and yeah. what camps is. So can, can you answer? She had several questions there. Right. And so it's not necessarily, we're not going to get through it in the hour that we have here, today. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the, the best situation is to create your own firm, right? To create your own firm. And you can do that in multiple ways. You can create, use a different email address and then invite yourself as a, as a full company user to that firm and then transfer the primary admin account to that new one that you've just invited. So, and then delete the old one. So, so it's a little, a little bit of a shell game when it comes to your, your, your login and, and the firm, because you, uh, you can't create a new firm if that email address is already tied to another firm. So that is the challenge I think that you're running into is that when you go to sign up for your own firm, you can't because you're now given, um, you're, you're now presented with, oh, you're already attached to this firm. So you need to create your own firm and you can do that in a variety of ways with a, with a new login, or if you're using a Google account, you can have a plus one. Um, and that's now a different email address to the login because the logins have to be unique, right? We just talked about that being a, a unique situation. So if you have, you know, um, accounting at uh, your accounting firm.com, and that's a G Suite or G Gmail address. Uh, you can do accounting plus one at myaccountingfirm.com. And now that's a unique login. It's a unique email address, but it automatically Gmail forwards that back to your original email. It, it's uh, I probably glazed people over <laughs> by, by that explanation, but it's possible, right? It's, it's possible to create a new firm using the same email address if you're using a, a, a Gmail or web-based email where you can have a plus one. Um, hopefully that answered some of the, uh, some of the confusion there. Uh, but yeah, things in the car um, are, are going to be services and things that are attached to, to those services like QBO, payroll, merchant account. So if you have 
the wrong car, right? Like if you've logged in and you don't see the right car that you're expecting to see, uh, there's really no way to move that. And that's the, the, the question is, is you can't necessarily move that car over to another user unless you do that manually, right? So, um, so you've got things that are tied to the login and then things that are tied to the services that are tied to the login. And if you want to move those, then you need to um, just do the whole inviting, um, yeah, inviting shelving. Um, but keep in mind what's what's tied to the login before you do that, right? Because you cannot merge two different logins. Once a login's created, uh, it's like the tire track at a at a garage, right? You can't back over it without severe tire damage <laughs> happening here. So. Uh, and you can't take it back, right? So once it's created, it can't be deleted. It's just a matter of not using it uh, from that forward. So if you're using desktop, you can see all this stuff on the uh, F2 screen. So the, you're in a desktop file and you press F2. Uh, as long as you're logged in as the admin, uh, you'll see this information in the upper right of the, of the F2 screen. You'll see that auth ID that I mentioned earlier that is who you are, right? When you're signed in. Uh, and then the company ID, uh, that's the um, Intuit company ID that represents the services that are attached to that company um, that you can be grant access to. And then all this is playing out because, um, you know, if you probably noticed over the past uh, few months that when you create a desktop file, you have to invite people as a as an an Intuit account needs to be created. Um, it's a pain, <laughs> and uh, and if you do it, um, you know if you create the company file first, which you know when you're creating the file, and uh, you can say I'm doing it for somebody else, so that your login doesn't become the primary admin of that uh, of that Intuit company ID. Um, you know you, you can then. And, and there are ways to, to, to reset the logins and the, the Intuit account that's there so, so that your client can basically own their own company. Um, but that's, um, that's going to be something that um, helps with, I mean, the, the main thing that's at service to is security, right? And, and unfortunately, we end up having to do things that are pains when, um, when there are malicious people out there, right? Um, so, you know, somebody attack, uh, get, gets a hold of this file, however, however that is, uh, with the, you know, the, the login, you know, the, the company login as, as the user and password inside of the desktop company uh, can, can be safeguarded with the, uh, with the Intuit account also being in place there. So that's, that's the whole purpose. And so we talked desktop migration uh, that will actually uh, there, there's actually a benefit right so if you're moving away from uh, desktop into online online advanced uh, you'll see that that'll actually be uh, an advantage so second poll here <clears throat> how many QBO users does your average client have are they flying solo somewhere between two and five or greater than uh, greater than five uh, any uh, any questions that uh, came up uh, 
Michelle? Yes, yes. Um, so, okay, so I was answering some. Somebody's got their account kind of all messed up. And yeah, you're going to have to contact support um, to try to help fix some of that. But Donna just had a, asked a great one here, and it always brings up this huge debate. <laughs> mm -hmm. Question on the primary admin. What if you're the CPA and this is your file? You set it up and you do the accounting. Isn't it owned by the client? And the answer is yes, it is ultimately owned by the client. And if the client, let's say you get in a dispute with the client and you don't want to give them access to their records or anything. If the client contacts Intuit and proves they're the owner of the company, Intuit gives them access because it is their accounting data. Even though you may say, well, we're doing the work. This is our work product. This is, you know, our stuff. It, that's It's the client's accounting data. Um, so ultimately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> the caveat there is who's paying for it. Right. So if you're using your wholesale billing uh, or now it's called the pro advisor preferred pricing. <laughs> yes. Um, if you're managing the billing, um, they cannot delete you as an as an accountant user um, until it's no longer under that uh, that situation. So as they can become the primary admin or the master admin, depending on how far back you're <laughs> you're going, they can be the primary admin, but they still can't kick you out of the of their company un unless you kick it out of your of your wholesale billing or the pro advisor preferred pricing uh, discount. So um, I had a, I had the flip side of that. You know, when when I worked there, is that uh, they had a dispute um, and they uh, their client owed them thousands of dollars and. Um, they made uh, the primary complaint, you know, the, the the primary admin dispute, which is basically you have to prove to Intuit that you are who you say you are. You can't just say I'm the owner of the company. Uh, it's a legal process. They have to right uh, forms submit, and all kinds uh, of articles stuff. of articles of you know, uh, confederation. No, that's the wrong <laughs> articles of <laughs> legal paperwork. That's the word <laughs> they have to. They have to uh, substantiate the claim. And even though they are um, get granted the primary admin access, they cannot delete that. Thank you, Jeff. The corporation. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, the, um, even though they are the primary admin, as long as it's under wholesale or the PPP, the, the preferred pro advisor pricing, or you're paying for paying into it for the, for the subscription, uh, you cannot be deleted. No accountant can be deleted in that situation. But as soon as uh, and what happened was that as soon as he released the, the you know, out of wholesale or out of the, the pro advisor where he was no longer the, the billing, managing the billing, immediately they deleted him. <laughs> and now he had no recourse, right? He had no recourse because no, he, he's no longer attached to that company. Um, and and uh, he, he now had to substantiate his own claims by, you know, legal processes. And uh, that was what was the only thing that he was clinging to that, you know, from the company's aspect, they're probably saying, well, this guy's playing hardball. So, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, they failed to mention that they owed him, you know, $10,000 or whatever, <laughs> whatever yeah. that was in, in back billing. I'll, I'll tell you what, the best thing in situations like this is you don't get behind on the fees. 
I mean, if you're if you're doing yes. monthly work for your client, you get paid every single month, like on the first of the month or the fifth of the month. And you should not be getting behind on fees and things with clients. If you're not getting paid, you stop doing work. And yes, Trudy said, this is why you take retainers. Yes, we right. want to avoid these kind of situations because it's never pretty. If, if you get into that with your clients, it's never pretty and it never ends very well for either side. So try to avoid it if you can. So you can, Dan, yeah. I'm going to let you continue on so we can get through the rest of this great content that you have. All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, QBO advanced users, just kind of the fundamentals uh, of that. So in, in QBO advanced, you have up to 25 billable users. And we'll talk about, talk about what a billable user is versus a non-billable user in, in a moment. Uh, you can create location-based sales users. So, um, you know, if you have uh, territories and, and things like that, you can set up a location-based uh, sales user. We'll talk a little bit about that. Custom roles, you can do customized uh, roles uh, and you assign those to, to the users. Uh, there's additional uh, user permissions for transaction, uh, transaction types. Uh, and in QBO Advanced, you have three account users that can be uh, can be invited. So you can have a bookkeeper, you can have a CPA, and you can have one other person <laughs> uh, be, an, be an accountant, uh, somebody to be able to have access to those uh, cool accountant tools that we talk about all the time. Uh, you can have three of those. And then unlimited reports and time entry users. So those are what we uh, what they are considered non-billable users. So you can have a, a reports only or time entry users uh, set up. So when you're uh, one of the things that's that's unique about QBO Advanced is the ability to create custom roles. So uh, if you're familiar with uh, with Enterprise, uh, this is a this is a concept borrowed from from uh, QuickBooks Desktop Enterprise, creating uh, roles uh, first. So that way you can specify. Uh, what areas someone of this type will be able to have access to, and then you assign that to uh, to your to your user when they um, uh, when they when they are invited uh, and, and granted access. So in this uh, instance, you have you can see sales managers. They can add uh, users added to this role can create invoices, receive payments, do all the other sales tax tasks, and then inventory. They can modify their inventory. And, and you can customize these roles uh, even further granularly. Granularly, is that a word? <laughs> uh, but there's seven major areas that you can that you can specify. Sales, expenses, banking, inventory, workers, which is payroll, reports, and then account management. Um, so the, the foundation, what, what they're doing is they're laying the foundation uh, for for greater customization. If you go to create a, a new custom role right now, uh, you'll see that there's, uh, I'll, I'll go to the next one here. So you can see there's a full access, view, create, edit, delete, uh, but it's kind of grayed out. So as soon as you uh, go in and create a custom role, uh, you'll and check something off for, for sales, for example, uh, you'll see that you can, temptingly click on these these options of view, create, edit, and delete, but you can't do anything with them yet. Uh, so the, the way things are, are, are uh, handling, you know, the way things are going to be rolled out is uh, this is the framework, this is the foundation for uh, greater customization of the rules and permissions, uh, but as they're available, 
then these checkboxes will become available. Uh, so with uh, sales, uh, you can say, uh, you can create a, if you're using location tracking or, you know, however it's worked, however you have it worded, whether it's department or business or what have you, you can specify a specific role by certain locations. And then what happens is that the people in that role will only be able to see sales transactions and the customers that are assigned to that location. So it, uh, it helps segregate, uh, especially a sales force where, um, where you have maybe territories and you don't want to necessarily have them co-mingling or intermingling with each other's um, uh, issues uh, or customers or sales transactions, modifying those types of things. Uh, QBO advance for the bill bill approver. This is this is something now that is live and available to to use. Uh, so there is the the task and workflows. When we talked about um, that in a prior uh, prior webinar, you can now specify on the bill side that they're available to uh, approve bills. So anyone with this preference. Uh, or this option will be able to be uh, selected in the bill approver dropdown. So when you're creating a workflow and you want to have uh, someone approve the bills based on those criteria that you have set up, uh, this person now will be able to be selected. Uh, right now, you know, it, without anything else, it would be just company admins. You know, anybody who has full use or full access uh, to to QuickBooks. But now you can add this additional uh, approver option uh, to be able to be selected in that bill approver dropdown. Uh, so billable users. So um, you can have up to 25 uh, users. You can, um, now the, 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 the workflow is you create the role and then you can assign those roles to users. Uh, standard, is, standard user is what it is currently in plus and below. So when you choose that option, then you'll have the, 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 the check boxes uh, for for the various areas, but not um, not the granularity that you can assign in the in the roles, uh, and then of course a company admin is is someone who has uh, full access. They're not the primary admin. The primary admin is the first company admin. <laughs> so, um, but you can transfer that between one one or the other. Um, but those are all billable users. Anybody who is a custom role, standard user, or company admin. Those are uh, what's considered billable. You aren't billed for them, but they count against the up to 25. Um, unbillable users, I didn't know another way to actually talk about these, but they're not, they don't count against uh, the 25. I forgot to take that, up, take that part out of the slide, uh, but they don't count towards the user limit. So you have uh, reports only users. Um, these people will be able to, to run reports, but they cannot edit any transaction. Uh, so they'll be able to see that, uh, see any report uh, with the payroll. If you've got uh, payroll turned on inside of QBO, uh, you would be able to run the payroll reports because they need to have access as a payroll user. Uh, time tracking, uh, they'll be able to enter time entry. So uh, if you got a, a, a field service workforce and the, you just want them to be able to, to enter in time, uh, you can set them up as, as a time entry, time tracking only, where they can enter in only their own time sheets. You, know, you don't want to have a uh, buddy clocking in or, or anything like that. So uh, any time entry user, user will only have be able to access uh, them as a time entry. And a brand new, uh, we just got a, 
sneak peek of it uh, last Tuesday where you can, uh, but it is live in the product. So give employees access to send expense claims. This is, uh, it. all it is is a checkbox, but it will, it's setting the, the foundation for, uh, for people to do a lot of neat things uh, as time entry only users. So they, again, they're still only in that time tracking only uh, option, but they'll be able to, to send in documents um, right from their mobile phone uh, to be able to, to do expense, uh, expense claims and, and track those back to, uh, to customers. Now, one of the neat parts about uh, QBO Advanced is the, is the ability to preview your role. So, um, you know, if you're doing this in desktop, you go and customize a role and permissions. Uh, if you want to see the fruits of your labor, <laughs> you have to sign out, sign back in as that user and see what you want them to see or not see. And if there's a change, then you need to sign out, <laughs> sign back in as the admin and uh, make those changes and then see if you, you hit the right spot, sign out, sign back in and see what you've done. So there is when you're creating a role, uh, there'll be a button down at the, at the bottom that allows you to preview the role. And when you preview the role, you get this nice message. It says you're about to preview the role you've created. Any changes you make now, because you're, you're still in the live company, uh, but you're in as that person. Uh, if you do make that, the, that a change, like you edit an invoice, that's going to be saved permanently. So you'll see that in the audit log. Uh, and, uh, and you'll see the, those changes actually made. Uh, but what, when you do that, you get this uh, banner across the top where it says you've, you're, you're previewing the sales and expense role or whatever, that, whatever role you called it. Uh, any changes are going to be made in that. Um, and it's going to be saved permanently. Uh, but if you see something, like you see on the right side, that person doesn't have the ability to see banking, right? So you can see in the preview that the uh, bank accounts are blocked out for them. But if you do want to have them see that, you can click on edit permissions. It'll take you right back to the setup, setting up the, the custom roles. And then you'll be able to make your changes, preview the role, uh, real big time saver to be able to do that. And then of course, your, your left side navigator is going to be uh, truncated based off of the, the permissions that you also see as well. So it won't be as uh, big and bulky or um, you know, it's not just going to be wasted, uh, grayed out area. Um, and then anything in the plus new, you know, the quick create menu uh, will be grayed out if they don't have access to that as well. So QB desktop user migration. So this is a neat uh, thing that they're working on. Again, it's only a, a QBO advanced. Uh, QuickBooks online advanced will try. And I use that with quotes because I was trying to do it myself. And I couldn't get it to work. <laughs> so uh, there are some nuances to it, right? Uh, as long as the users, you know, the, the 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 feedback I got from from the from the folks that know is that it will try to create those users in advance. Uh, so if you've got some wonky customizations in your roles and and the way those are set up, as long as there is a, a, a this for that. Exchange, which is which is the conversion uh, between online and desktop, and desktop without online. As long as it's got an exact match to to land to, it will create uh, that user in advance. If it's exact, it will create that role. 
If the role is created in QBO, they will need uh, all, all they'll need to do at that point is be invited. So when we're talking about you know creating an Intuit account in desktop, how much that is a pain because you're now associating the email address with that person in desktop. When it comes over to online, all they have uh, all you have to do the, the user will already be set up. You just hit invite, and then they're off and running, right? So and then of course you can preview the role before you actually uh, you know send the invitation. Uh, so that you know that they'll have what they'll have access to, what they won't have access to. All right, so last uh, last poll here. What do you think? The, what area of uh, role customization uh, should Intuit uh, focus on first? Individual transactions, maybe adding um, estimates or checks, uh, maybe more areas like mileage, tax taxes and tasks, those types of things, or just enhancements within certain areas, or maybe something else. So if you got something else to throw that in the chat, um, we'll be able to provide uh, Intuit with that, uh, with this feedback. Any questions, uh, Michelle, that, uh, that came up? While yes, yes, yes. Okay. So Karen says she's an accountant and primary admin on a QBO company. She wants to change primary admin to somebody else but QuickBooks won't let them change the primary admin. It says they got to fill out a form to transfer the primary admin. Well, uh, as long as that user is a admin in 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 the in the QBO um, setup, uh, they should be able to be transferred. Now, you can't take the primary admin from somebody, uh, but you should be able to give it away. Yeah, that's right? what I thought. Is yeah. it? You have to delete them. Okay, so like, let's say Dan and I are both in the same firm. If Dan is the primary admin right now and I want to move it to me or whatever, I believe you have to delete Dan first to get the primary admin away from him before you could assign me primary admin. Because yeah, you can't you, assign it to two people at once. Right. Is that you, correct? Yeah, and it, it's it's going to go through a, a whole email process. Like, um as long as so the biggest challenge that I've seen in the, in the past is that that login to log in as the primary admin is not accessible, right? Like if you, uh, you know, I just went through this uh, recently, I, you know, obviously moved <laughs> and uh, my, my primary email, you know, for my home was, um, was my cable provider, right? Well, I don't longer have cable um, or, or that internet pro service provider. Uh, so I don't have that email address anymore. Uh, I know I've forgotten to update that, <laughs> that email address for some of the things that I needed to sign into. Um, if that's no longer available to, to log into anymore, because now, you know, for me, it's been deleted. Um, and I got plenty of emails about that. Like you're going to, you got 90 days, <laughs> 60 days. You know, and I didn't. Um, I didn't go through everything because managing logins is is uh, you know a big challenge these days. Um, now I no longer have access to that email. That was typically the the, the challenge is whoever had access to that email uh, is no longer in the picture, or that email address is no longer available. Now there is a change email address form right where you can. You have to prove who you are, you know, just like everything else, you know, any kind of change when that's not the case. Uh, but that was the biggest challenge is that uh, the primary admin user was unable to sign in. 
for whatever reason, right? The email address is no longer in play or that person who's attached to that email address is no longer employed by the company. Um, but as long as you can change that email address and have access to that, you should be able to sign in as the primary admin and uh, at that point transfer, right? As long as the other person is a company admin, they should be available to be able to do that. Now, you know, there are lots of horror stories and water cooler moments, <laughs> whereas uh, things are broken, right? But that's the, that's the main idea, uh, being able to, as long as you can sign in, you should be able to transfer that. It won't happen until that person who you've assigned the transfer of primary admin to accepts it, right? They have to, uh, much like a relay race at the, at the Olympics, right? You, you can pass the baton, but if they never take it, it never happens until that person has actually grabbed a hold of the baton and taken that for the next next leg. And then you'll get emails, uh, you know, once that's been confirmed. Uh, but that's that's the process that should be the case. You know, primary admin signs in, sees the uh, available options of who can do who can be uh, associated with uh, with that primary admin, transfers it to them, they accept it. Everybody's everybody's happy. And this is great. Uh, Mary out in the chat said, if the primary admin or contact is unavailable to transfer the role to you, it's okay. Even if they're not around or can't make the change on their own, you can send a request to our account protection team. So mm -hmm. they have a whole team that can help you yeah. <laughs> with things like this. <laughs> so, um, and Dan, you know, I think you've got some more stuff, um, don't you? Or should oh. we do some more questions? No, this is... Um that's pretty much it. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cause we had good, good questions here. Okay. So now this is one where Maureen says her clients using it advanced. All right. And she says, do you have any idea when the grade out permissions will be available to use? They want read only access for some salespeople. Well, if something's grayed out, that means that that user role didn't give them permission for that. So if you want them to have read-only access for some salespeople, that sounds to me like reports only. Would that be right, yeah. Dan? Because that gives yeah. them read-only access. Right. And, and I think the, the other underlying question to her question is, when are we going to be able to have the ability to check those boxes? Uh, so if I go back on the, on the slides here. Like here, right? So as soon as I choose uh, bills, uh, the only two options I have to click on is approve and full access. If I choose full access, everything gets uh, checked off. View, create, uh, edit, and delete. I can't uncheck view, create, edit, and delete. So if you wanted to be able to have somebody who just can view it, um, right, that's that's a reports only uh, person. Uh, but if somebody, if you want to have somebody create it and somebody to edit it, right, so like you can in, in uh, enterprise, you can have, uh, somebody set up that just creates transactions and doesn't edit it and other people that edit transactions and don't create them. Right. So it gives you the, the, um, the permissions uh, access that you're looking for with uh, checks and balances types of things. Um, these are not available to, to be clicked on yet. And they're going to be rolled out, you know, as, as those features are available. Right. It's just a teaser at this point. <laughs> so like when you see these, uh, this full view, create, edit, delete, um, as those things roll out, 
they'll they'll become available. They'll, they'll, uh, but we don't have um, any insight as to when. Uh, but that's why they're there. Is that as things are are this is part of the foundation, right? Like as uh, as view and create become available for bills, it'll just be available to to check off, right? So that's the that's the idea. But I don't have a date, and even if I did have a date, I couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. You. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. Okay. Um. So here's another one. Uh, it says, how do you delete a client file with you as a user? They decided not to use my services and then the client created another QBO subscription. So the client invites you as a user, but then they're not using that. They're using another QBO company that just sits out there and shows up on your list of companies. Yeah. Any way to get that out? Like, can you contact support and they can take you out as a user? Well, I mean, if you're, if you're paying for it, if you're, you're doing the, the wholesale or the pro advisor, uh, or anything like that? Is that what? Is that what? We're no, it, to, it's. Or? It sounds like a client invited this accountant mm. as an accountant user. Then they decided not to use me. Oh, they created uh, a whole nother QBO subscription. So yeah, um, it's an old I, company. Even I've seen. Um, I've seen it in a couple ways. Like there used to be a way that you could just go in and and delete uh, your access, and that severed any connection because they were the the primary admin you know, they just invited you as the accountant. Um, if they started their own QBO subscription, you know, a different QBO subscription, um, yeah, that does make it a little bit more challenging because they're not using the active one that you that you were accessed to. It's best to call into it at that point and see if you can, can be deleted. I know someone has the ability to remove you. <laughs> it's just who you, who you talk to, right? Uh, I used to have access to be able to do that, but uh, <laughs> no longer employed there. So I don't have the ability to do that, but somebody does, um, whether it's a, an escalation or, or something along those lines, just, you know, talk to somebody. And if you don't need access to it, uh, you can be uh, removed because uh, that, that does pose a, an extra bit of a challenge, right? When you're, you have access to somebody that you no longer do business with um, you don't want to be, you know, potentially, in you know inadvertently like if you choose the the company chooser and then go oh i accidentally went in there and then they see that in the audit log and now you're in a another situation where you don't want to be in um better best just to sever the connection altogether but yeah reach out to intuit and see uh see if you can uh, get that get that cleared off and as we learned last time the best way to reach out to intuit is inside the prop you know, click on the, 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 the help uh, icon at the top and then let that um, either choose the callback option or chat or uh, whatever other options that they, they have there. Um, okay, so we have another one, another couple of questions here. Um, so here's one that Maureen made a comment. They need to fix email problems or at least link email with Outlook. We have major issues with no CC emails, no place to keep additional email info, and email needs to be typed every time I send a report. If I remember correctly, Dan, and I haven't been in there for a while, but you can go into the account and settings and where you control the email information, you can put in there to CC or BCC someone on those so that it automatically pulls those and you don't have to type it in there every time. So Maureen, I think 
go look in the accountant settings um, in the section where you put in the mm -hmm. default email template and stuff. And I'm pretty sure you can assign a CC or BCC there. Is that yeah, correct, Dan? Uh, yeah, for, for outgoing emails like um, sales transactions and, and purchase orders and those types of things, you should be able to uh, BCC or CC yourself. Uh, but I think what she's referring to is reports. Um, and as long as you're scheduling the reports, they, I don't think you need to uh, do that. But uh, what might, what might be, what you might be referring to is uh, if I email this report to somebody, I got to type in the email every time, which is probably yeah. true, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, then um, here's another anonymous question. Is QBO Advanced only available to pro advisors that pay for it monthly? Do not have clients that use advanced either. So the good news is, I don't know, Dan, what was it? A few months back, yeah. our, our your books is now QBO Advanced. You've got, mo if not all the features, you've got most of the features. So your books is QBO Advanced. There's also a test company out there um, mm -hmm. that you can play around with. I will get that link for you. Or actually, if you just Google QuickBooks test drive, you'll find yeah. the link for both the regular test drive as well as the advanced test drive out there. Yeah. So um, you should be, you know, it's only US, right? Because the US region uh, only has advanced. So uh, if, if your um, firm books uh, should all be, you know, sh should all be migrated. Now, the, the caveat there is, uh, what were you doing inside of your books prior to that, right? So uh, if you were using uh, QuickBooks Time or, or T-Sheets, uh, that has caused as, uh, you know, challenges in the migration process. And the more complex your data is, uh, the further back in the, in the, in the priority uh, you are, <laughs> uh, because they want to do it right. You know, they, they, they want to do the migration uh, with, with as least uh, interruption to, to your service. Uh, as possible. They don't always get it right. Um, but that's, that's why if you don't see it, then you're probably using something a little bit more complex uh, in the, in the process. And you're, and you're, they're still waiting to clear out some of those issues before getting the green light to actually convert you to, or migrate you to uh, QBO advanced. So if you're a pro advisor and you're using, uh, you know, QBO a, your books should be advanced. Okay. And then somebody wants to, somebody has a question here. So has QBO online bill pay changed back from Melio to bill.com? And I don't think it has, it's still Melio, correct? Yeah. yeah the, now, well, they, if you want to use bill.com as a third party app, mm -hmm. you can do that. But the, the one that's built in and f has free features is Melio, yeah. right? Dan, that's not changed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've not heard anything to the contrary, but that doesn't mean that you can't use bill.com uh, if you <clears throat> if you choose to. So the situation was um, before, before Melio was uh, was was a was integrated. Uh, QuickBooks Online had a uh, QuickBooks Online bill pay powered by bill.com. Right. So it's kind of yes. like a bill.com light. Uh, directly option, you know, with direct right. integration into into QuickBooks Online, that's still there, right? That's not that's not gone away. Um, it's a little bit more of a challenge because uh, account users can't set it up <laughs> or play with it or do anything with it um, because there's uh, there's issues with users and permissions on the 
on the bill.com side of things. So, um, so it didn't go back, but you may, may be able to see it uh, a little bit more, more prevalently. So you should be able to, um, to choose either. Uh, but of course, Melio is free uh, ish as they call it. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave had an additional question regarding this, this Melio and bill.com says the problem I'm having is that you, if you use the bill.com, they can't switch it to Melio within the product. You have to use Melio and link. Yeah. yeah I, I can see that being a, a sticking point uh, with, uh, with one or the other. Okay. Uh, a couple more here, Dan. Um, can you clarify? Okay. Somebody wants to know about accountant users can't be the primary admin user too, but she's set up as both in the company and we used to have master admin. Now we have primary admin. Can you clear this up, Dan? <laughs> yeah. So if you master, so the master admin is the first admin to touch the, touch the file. Right. So I, I mean, that's, uh, you know, we just had indigenous people's day, Columbus day, <laughs> uh, the first people who were there were the indigenous people and they were the master admins of america <laughs> right well he did he took a claim <laughs> he, he claimed it for himself right so he did not go through the proper channels <laughs> uh, to prove he had uh, the option to do that right and other discussions and debates about what columbus may or may not have done that's another story but <laughs> um same kind of example, though, is that um, you can be the primary admin and the, the, the accountant user. Uh, you don't have to be uh, unless you want to be, right? But the challenge is if you use the, if you take up the primary admin, that's one of the billable users. Uh, so if you're using uh, essentials, uh, now the, the, the client only has the ability to invite, have an invitation for two other users, right? Uh, if you're using the, the, the concern was, is that you could be deleted as the accountant, right? The caveat is, is that if, you, if you're paying for it through your wholesale billing or ProAdvisor preferred pricing, you can't be deleted. So the safety net of, I need to be the primary admin because I'm paying for it is no longer the case because no one can be deleted uh, as an accountant if it's under the wholesale billing model where, where the accountant is, is paying for it. So um, if, if the direct billing, right, if, it, if the uh, client is direct billing through Intuit, uh, paying for it, or you're, you know, paying, you know, if your billing information is, is, on, is, is in the billing and subscription area, uh, yes, you can be deleted if you're not the primary admin. So that's a, that's a caveat. As long as it's under, Wholesale billing, you can't be deleted as the accountant. So rest assured and, and uh, you know, feel better about, you know, transferring the primary admin to a client. If it's under wholesale, you can't be deleted. Okay. And we had one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we had another final question here. And I can't remember the number. What's the upper reasonable limit for how many employees you can have using Intuit Payroll? It seemed like it was like a couple hundred employees. Yeah. Is that right? Um, yeah, I always get my desktop and, and online. I think it's 150 uh, for active employees with uh, with QuickBooks payroll. Gotcha. Okay. 
All right. And one final question here. Um, is there any reason you would be both primary and master admin? Well, those are, those are interchangeable uh, terms. terms. So Synonyms. Um, if you're Same one or thing. the other, <laughs> yeah, if you're one or the other, it, it, historically it was called master admin. Um, and now it's the, the terminology being used as primary admin. Um, so you, I mean, you can't be both of them because you are <laughs> only one person can be the, the master admin or primary admin. Um, but if you were the accountant user and the primary admin, that is, that, I think that's the, the question that was being asked there. All right. And uh, one yeah. final so question. The, so oh, said, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Both accountant user and primary. Right. So um, there is no need if, if you're, if you're wholesale billing, there really isn't a reason to be the primary admin. What, what does happen is that the primary admin gets subscription-based information. So uh, if you transfer that to your client uh, and your billing goes south, they'll get notified about that. So <laughs> that may be a reason not to transfer the primary admin of that subscription, um, but it's, it's entirely up to you. All right. And we have one final question here. Um, can the preset roles that are made by Intuit in there, can you delete those and start over? I don't think you can. You could uh, remove permissions from people yeah. and then start over reassigning new positions. But yeah, I don't think you can delete those yeah. roles. You just wouldn't use them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it'll list on the, on the screen. Um, I think it was on the screen, like how many people have, uh, yeah, like how many users are, are yes. assigned to that. Yeah. Um, oh, the QuickBooks roles are below that, uh, where, where it has the, the company admin and those types of things. Uh, but these are the custom roles uh, that, that we're looking at here. Uh, but yeah, they're, I don't think they can be deleted to just not used. It's kind of like that extra login uh, that's created. Yeah. So All we right. have an hour of stuff to talk about here. Today. Well, Dan, as Dan, as always, it was a very technical topic and you took us through it and we appreciate you sharing all that technical detailed discussion with us. Um, so thank you everybody for joining us and see you in two weeks where we talk about customer service, I believe is the next one, right, Dan? That's right. All right. So thank you, everybody. Thanks, Dan. And everybody have a great day. All right. Bye-bye now. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.